genre. Welcome to Tales from the Short Box, the once weekly Wednesday podcast where we talk about comic books. My name is Adam Shannon. I'm here as I'm always here with Sean Petit. Yo. Casey Crawford. Hello. And RJ Vite. Hey, yo. As a courtesy, I want to remind the listener that this is a spoiler heavy podcast. If you haven't read uh, the books we're going to talk about, we're going to spoil this for you. I'll give you timestamps in the episode description so you can skip anything that you need to skip. But you guys, we're finally talking about Jack Kirby this week. It's clobbering time. Uh, we're going to be talking about Fantastic Four Marvel Masterworks Volume 5 by uh, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Um, I, I'm going to, this is now in my brain, so I'm going to relay it to everyone listening. Uh, I'm sorry in advance. Uh, my friend sent me a, a, a tweet that was like, it's 2024 and there's an entire section of the internet <laughs> that thinks it's clobbering time is a reference to Morbius. It's Morbin time. And I, and I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't fucking want uh, MCU Fantastic Four anymore. I don't fucking want it. I don't want it to exist. I'd rather die. I'm just going to go die now. No, well, that'd be uh, more be good- like, it's singing time. <laughs> <laughs> and good news, CM Punk already has run the, the whole catchphrase into the ground. So. Oh, really? Okay, well. Yeah. Perfect. I guess Thank people you, that Punk. don't know uh, actual comic books and people that don't know <laughs> wrestling lore might still think it's a Morbius reference, but those people, do they even matter? It's Corbin time. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, here we are uh, on the ever-loved and blue-eyed Tales from the Short Box. We're finally doing the thing. Not, not that thing. We're not, we're not doing that, that thing. It's fine. <laughs> I do, I do yeah, that. We don't, we don't have a flamethrower. <laughs> we're not like trying to figure out which one of us is the thing that's different. It's fine. It's, it's it's obviously Sean. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> For being real, come on. Yeah, no, I mean, like, if if you want to break it down into like really easy terms, it's uh, Adam is obviously Reed. He's the leader of the group. Uh, uh, in no. Uh, uh, I've got um, the beard for it. Yeah, you got the beard. You got the you, you know, salt and pepper things. Uh, I'm the token <laughs> woman, obviously, Jesus. and sure, you always <laughs> need one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And RJ is uh, is Johnny Storm. Uh, you know, cuz he's so hot-headed and a fucking ladies man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm surrounded by my sports car that is actually just I'm just the same shape. I'm just the same shape as Ben Grimm, so you know, I got it by default. <laughs> just shorter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the rocks add a lot of height. Yeah. It's one of those questions, <laughs> would you be 6'2" if you had to be covered in rocks? And I'd have to think about it. <laughs> it's like um, wow my, my head was still in a john carpenter's the thing mode of that reference until halfway through it <laughs> so i was like yeah i've got the beard for it i'm like what am i saying i'm, t- I'm still thinking about kurt russell here oh you're mccready yeah yeah wrong reference <laughs> we'll get uh, there yeah i was like oh she's we're back on the fantastic four i got it I, i'm there i'm here <laughs> 
Hello, well, everybody, welcome. and welcome to Tales from the Short Box. Welcome back. You're the one who brought up Fantastic Four. How did you get to... I mean, I always want to get to John Carpenter's The Thing in some way at the end of every conversation. Well, that, that that's the joke I was making with the flamethrower and trying to figure out who is The Thing. Oh, see, I thought you, you were going that? for a Johnny Storm reference. Just imagining, yeah, we, uh, like, a Fantastic Four comic, and it's everyone's normal except The Thing is just a head spider. <laughs> <laughs> with the little eyeballs. Little yeah. <laughs> but they interact him, with him just like they would Ben Grimm. Yeah, they don't, it doesn't change their yeah, relationship yeah. at and all. And every time they go to be like, what do you think, Ben? She's like... <laughs> 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 uh, it's just that, like, it's yeah, just yeah, a that, dog that's a good ripping point, in half. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good point, Ben. I didn't think of it that way. We should go back to Yancey Street. <laughs> Yeah, they had the best wow, hot dogs we are, there. We are off to a bad start here. What came out first, Fantastic Four or the original The Thing? Oh, the original The Thing? That I don't know. Ooh, that's I, a good question. Yeah. I only know of the the John Carpenter one. That's the only one that matters. I'm not oh, going okay. to Google it. So I, mean, yeah, it I have the answer at my fingertips and I refuse. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> don't want to do research for the show. Yes. <sighs> yeah, fuck all that. I already read books. Why do I want to look at What kind of loser would do that? <laughs> uh, so I think we're a little loopy today because we are recording yeah. on such a bizarre day. Uh, recording Do you on guys like want to know? Uh, yeah, obviously. Why are we I recording on such Google a it. weird day? All all I have to do is refuse to do something, and Sean will do it. I was it's already great. googling it, uh, and it was the movie it was 1951. Oh, it was and- before. Yeah, it was before the other Fantastic Four. Interesting. Yeah, before the other thing. But Sean, why don't you tell us why we're uh, recording on such a weird day? I don't know. I shouldn't be here at all. Fuck it. I should have just taken the week off. <laughs> I mean, it really doesn't matter to you, the listener. You're still getting this on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're I, recording I, the while day you're listening after to this. I'm gonna yeah. be in fucking Hawaii, so Woo! you know we're doing this shit, bro. Fuck party. Fucking going ham. And Sean is such a pro. I am. That he's willing to jump on the night before a trip to Hawaii and mm. do this bullshit. That's a yeah. that's a real thing move thing would do that yeah exactly you know i'm i'm the glue that keeps this shit together just like ben Grimm and the fantastic truly you form. are the heart of the of the team you know <laughs> i like how we just acted out all of those archetypes that we just laid out yeah that's great <laughs> no, it's real great. commitment Look, to the bit yeah. yeah always commit to the bit well it's just proof that words. they're the the uh, archetype of the family unit and everything else is derivative even us in real life real well, life really, is derivative there, there, there's such there, there's so many um, pieces of pop culture where you have four characters that like anyone can pick on to one of them like you have the Ninja Turtles are a really good one Ghostbusters uh, the fucking Golden Girls <laughs> I played this game a lot on TMNT Minute because we kept doing this. We kept talking about the four different archetypes of the turtles and how many different, like the Beatles. We did the Beatles one time. <laughs> it's it, it all. It always seems to work. Uh, so yeah, I mean, but like uh, 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 Ben is Raphael. Let's just fucking do it. Uh, <laughs> fucking Reed is Donatello, right? Yeah, nerds. I- <laughs> Michelangelo is Johnny Storm, and then. Uh, Shit, that, that this doesn't work because no, Leo Sue because Sue's really. the one that Ra- actually gets Raphael yeah, she's is the, one. the thing because yeah. he leaves but, all the time. But Sue is Leonardo <laughs> because she actually like keeps them in line and doing what they need to fucking do because she's the only adult. Yeah, because she makes them dinner and does the dishes. <laughs> 
damn it. Whoa. That would be as Johnny, learned, wouldn't it? As we learn yeah, later yeah. in the comic. All right, hey, well, we're, we'll get Wasn't to me. all this in the top Blame story. Blame Stan Lee. <laughs> we're, we're, we're on our way to, be, to do the top story first, which we never, ever do. Uh, well, we can't do that. We, we can't are do doing, that now. We are doing something similar um, because we're going to go full circle with the Fantastic Four. <laughs> on this look show. at us. We didn't plan us. this. I did, you know. Uh, it's not, no, not completely unplanned. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing Fantastic Four Full Circle by Alex Ross with color assists by Josh Johnson. Uh, this book is fucking gorgeous. Um, brand new Alex Ross Fantastic Four story that clearly takes place in the kind of 60s era of Fantastic Four that we're talking about in the top story. Um, the really interesting thing about this is that the colors are rendered in a way that Alex Ross is typically not rendered. Um, there are some, like, his traditional, like, painting style, but that's only for, like, flashbacks and, like, parts of the negative zone. Like, the parts that, in the the original that we're going to talk about later, are, like, Jack Kirby's collages, like, photorealistic collages. Those are the parts that he uses his, like, original paint style for. And the rest of these are, like, um, like, flat color blocking and it's the fucking prettiest thing i've ever seen like honestly hot take i love this so much more than regular alex ross um it's one of those where i just looked it up i I wasn't able to get my hands on this but this is fucking awesome yeah it's fucking gorgeous um basically the premise is uh they're all just hanging out and uh ben's about to eat himself a nice sandwich as a midnight snack and uh suddenly there is yeah it's a giant, it's a giant sub. Like, it's a giant hoagie. And Did he that's... get it from his pocket deli? <laughs> <laughs> Read probably in a pocket deli. Very Sean move to, dr- to eat an entire hoagie as a midnight snack. Um, so, uh, yeah, so uh, he's just hanging out and suddenly there's like a figure, a spooky figure in their house. And he's like, what the fuck is that? Uh, it turns out it's a corpse of the guy who impersonated Ben in the 60s run it's uh this dude we find out later his name is like ricardo uh ricardo jones i think um and it's it's this this guy who has a striking resemblance to to the the, the former ben Grimm, and he's able to like impersonate him and then take reed into the negative zone and then reed escapes uh by like leaving this guy behind because you know in that story this guy was the villain um so this story starts with that dude popping back up and his he's a he's a dead person and in his mouth is a portal to the negative zone where all these like negative monsters they just kind of look like speaking of the thing they just kind of look like John Carpenter's the thing just like popping out of his face like yeah they just yell at you and say Damn. you're mean you're <laughs> ugly <laughs> that's so negative Sean I know <laughs> it's the negative zone that's the negative zone that's how it works yeah yeah. Um, Nothing good could possibly happen. <laughs> so they Here managed, in the negative zone. They managed to get it under control and they, they hop into the negative zone to investigate what the fuck is up. Uh turns out uh the <laughs> the Nega Man was the one who sent the, the corpse as a decoy. Uh Janice, the Nega Man. Oh. The uh, Nega Man. They don't Which fight is the also- terrible they don't fight the terrible negative four. <laughs> no, they don't. Uh Okay, but Negaman is actually a dude in the 60s run that Reed went to college with, and he's, like, another, sure. like, shitty, uh, jealous dropout, like, like Dr. Doom. What a, um, what a hilarious thing that's in comics. 
just everyone just being like (laughs) mega man uh, it's also really funny because um, they draw him to look like um, Vince from Mighty Boosh. Like, nice. tell me, oh, tell, wow, me that's, yeah. tell me that's not Noel Fielding. Like, just <laughs> also, I feel like a first grade teacher just holding the book. Yeah, up to I me. like how Casey's showing us pictures from books on. Yeah, this I thought this was story time. It's story time. Is that what that. we're doing? Gather around. Crisscross applesauce. Um. But yeah, so so they they end up fighting a shitload of like Nega Man and his like Nega monsters, and it's just fucking rad. And then they manage to Nega Man and his eight robot masters. <laughs> exactly. Um. So then they they crash land on negative Earth, and it's it's uh, uh it well it's it's a it same exists though. in a like alternate <laughs> timeline of Earth, right? So it's the same. Same Earth, but it went on like to traver- like just bad timelines. Vibes. Just bad, bad vibes. So, so, so negative Earth is just awesome, right? Like, <laughs> so it's just our yeah, or it's just our Earth. Yeah, our <laughs> Earth is. D- so the thing is, this Earth evolved in the negative zone, and the scientists <laughs> on this Earth managed to figure out how to create a barrier. <clears throat> Excuse me. They managed to create like basically like an ozone layer. That holds off the negative energy, so they've created a positive Earth in the negative zone. So they're like they're on this Earth, and like there's all these other heroes that like they don't fuck like they're starting to like fight this one guy, and they're like, why is the lion from the Wizard of Oz trying to fight us right now? And it's just like some guy that has like a lion head, but nobody speaks English. And randomly, as all these heroes are like attacking them because they think they're intruders. One dude, is, he's in this, like, giant iron suit, <clears throat> iron suit, and he takes off the helmet, and it's the corpse that they were talking to earlier. They're like, oh, shit, we just saw your dead corpse. He's like, what the fuck? So, turns out this one guy that Reed had left in the negative zone to die was like, that was the greatest experience of my life. Thank you so much. I found a home. I found friendship. I found, you know, like, I, I've become, I, I'm... When I was pretending to be Ben, I became more like him, and I and I gained empathy, and I was able to grow as a person. And like being in the negative zone so long, he is now exudes like negative energy, and so he has to wear the suit to survive on the positive energy Earth. Uh, so like Reed, sure, sure, Reed, yeah. So Reed uh, gives him part of his suit. He's like, here you go. Here's like, you know, like you can live in this regular suit now instead of an iron suit. And he's just like, oh my god, thank you. That's so nice. And it's just. It's just such a nice, like, it reminds me so much of the 60s shit. Like, it's got all of the same beats, the same, like, campy energy of, like, the banter between all four of them. Like, the same, like, sure, yeah, fuck it, why not? Like, that kind of, like, storytelling. <laughs> where it's like Yeah, that, that, that Neil Adams Batman thing where it's just, like, a bedtime story gone just out of control. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because... The storyteller was asked why so many times that the story doesn't make any fucking sense anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, I, I, it's really fun to me because like the uh, Ricardo, the dude who ends up being a hero in the story, is just a loose end that they never tied up in the original like Stan and Kirby run. Um, so it's really fun to take that and build a new story off of it, and it looks so fucking pretty honestly you don't have to read a single word it's just the prettiest fucking book i've ever seen alex Um, ross is just a fucking treat man anything like i'll buy a book i'm not interested in at all 
if he did the cover. Just yeah. his art is amazing. Yeah, and and it's just to be reading it at the same time that I'm reading the classic FF, and it, like it's just this weird like synergy that like it all it's just like a warm blanket you just gotta snuggle up in it so nice uh but yeah i cannot i cannot tell you enough how much you need to go pick up this book from your local comic shop just to look at it for yourself i promise you it'll be the the best like 25 bucks you've spent in a while in a while so yeah yeah. done (laughs) sold sold Okay, um, so talk about my pick to be the variance number three, a Jessica Jones mystery. Ooh, a mystery. <laughs> gotta, gotta, gotta add the tagline. It's by Gail Simone and Phil Noto. Um, so Again, what, what a powerhouse team. Like, Yeah, uh, I don't think we've talked about this at all, but effectively the storyline here is um, Jessica has met up, has found out that there's another woman that was taken over by the purple man and they meet and she basically warns him as like, Hey, I was his trial run. And after 10 years, he basically put a telepathic bomb in my head. And after 10 years, I fucking snapped and I killed my family because he thought it would be funny. Whoa. Basically. That seems so very, she- very purple man. So she's basically like, Oh, that's like tomorrow for me. Oh, <laughs> this isn't good because I have a husband and child now. Um, so she's trying to figure out how this is happening, how to protect herself. But all of a sudden, amidst all of this, different versions of her keep showing up and trying to like talk to her and help her and or fight her. So there's like a a jewel version, I think it was. Um, it's like one of her old. Yeah, that's her. That's her old persona. Yeah, when she when she what actually a- tried to be like a hero in a costume, yeah. her her hero name was Jewel, and she wore the dumbest fucking costume. Yeah, so there's one like that. There's a there's a cap one. There's a um, uh, She Hulk. No, that's actually She Hulk. Oh, <laughs> I just saw the cover. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like all different ones, like the ones like their cap, the one is like was married to Matt Murdock, uh, so like they know, and then the the one, um, the one was married to Daredevil and he was killed by Stilt Woman, (laughs) 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 which I thought was kind of funny. Stilt Woman, that's that's the woke, uh, um, character gender swap that we need, really, isn't it? Really. I I know well, Stiltman, Stiltman, right? Isn't Stiltman's daughter Stiltman? Uh, incredible, fucking incredible. Well, they made a point to say Stiltwoman. You guys are the Daredevil th- readers. I love. Not, comic I don't books know so Stiltwoman. I don't know Stiltwoman either. <laughs> but I, 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 love, I love the tr- I love the, the trend lately of us talking about these just batshit like. Yeah, this is it's super D-level fun. D level characters. Is, it's like <laughs> a batshit comic. Um, because, like, all the while she's trying to figure out when a bomb's going to go off in her head and she's just going to murder everyone around her. That's why she called She-Hulk. She's like, I need someone that could punch me around. What's up? You busy? <laughs> Yo, can you <laughs> knock R- me out right fast? <laughs> yeah. RJ uh, sent us this picture in, in our group chat a few days ago of someone who got one of the, the creative figures of Stiltman and just got enough of the leg pieces that it stood, like, eight feet tall. That's amazing. <laughs> 
fucking hilarious. Um, but one of the there was a really great moment in this, and I think so far throughout this series, um, I think Gail Simone's done a really good job of like really talking about Jessica and her tra- like the trauma she went through with Purple Man and exploring that. But she's talking to this one that's Jewel in that part of her life, and then she was basically like, you know, ever since Kilgrave you know i've been on edge blah 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 and she's like oh what's what's a kill grave and like there's just this moment of like i need to hug you because you never had you you're so in it you didn't have to go through that like we all did all the other versions of them did except for her so it was just like this really like like i'm gonna protect you you need to get back safe because you haven't experienced this fucking monster um also not to derail that very intense moment. Um, yeah, it's crazy. RJ just sent us a picture of Lady Stiltman. So yeah, speaking of RJ in the group chat, technically different than Stilt Woman. So I'm assuming yeah. it's an alternate reality Stilt it is. Man. That's a woman. It is. Yeah. But also, Stiltman. yes, there is Lady Stiltman. Uh, comic Harvey books are so Stiltman dumb. I love them so much. Attorney at law. <laughs> and to kind of talk about like the alternate universe, there's different versions popping up, and kind of along that line. A Jesse Jones, that is a man, pops up and gets into it with Luke Cage. So, like, there's all these various versions of. Are they going to smooch this character? Um, no, they fought. He beat him, and then he lit on fire after saying, "Something's coming for you." So, Whoa. yes, it has expanded really the mystery that, a little bit. I was just hoping that <laughs> Luke and Jesse Jones was gonna were gonna smooch. That'd be fun. Uh no, they beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> yeah. That's that's more uh yeah. more to be expected. So yeah, it's a really fun music because like so far, uh the only thing we know that she's trying to prevent, and we don't even know for sure, is the Kilgrave stuff. No fucking clue where all these different versions of her are coming from at all. But they've decided to team up and figure it out, which is nice. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a it's been a fun and like it's Phil Noto, so it it looks great. And I don't know if I've read a Gail Simone book in a while, but it's also still great. So it's a good series. Check it out. Hell yeah. Especially if you like some Jessica Jones. Also, I will uh, say from a comic book perspective, calling a book the variants is cruel. And I know she did it on purpose. I know. Probably. That was the joke. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, Walking into a comic book store and pre-ordering the variants. To be (laughs) fair, you can blame the Loki show for that one. Yeah. Yeah, that is also true. Yeah, can you put me down for uh, the variants? <laughs> every variant. Uh, all of them? A, yeah, you, you know, a, I want every issue of the variants. Do you have a variant number one? <laughs> uh, did I'm they sorry, do a what? bunch of variant covers? Because that would be fucking... Yeah, of course they did. Rule. Yeah, it's all just who's on first. Uh, just yeah. circular talking. Just nonsense. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, speaking of speaking of, uh, I guess Variants. classic characters and things of that nature. Uh, this is all Marvel this week. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. a very Marvel, very, we- very make- fitting to celebrate Kirby. Make mine Marvel, right? Uh, <laughs> so I got Amazing Fantasy number one thousand. Uh, so to to celebrate the sixtieth anniversary of the first appearance of uh, of Spider Man, Spooder Boon. We got this big, uh, like, extra double-sized issue of a bunch of just Spider-Man vignettes by, like, the, uh, a... Tr- just such an a, amazing killer's row of 
Yeah, the lineup just is a treasure a, trove like, absurd. of How do they get Neil Gaiman to write a Spider-Man story? What the fuck is happening? Yeah, and yeah, Hickman's got nothing else going on. And <laughs> I imagine they just asked him. We're like, hey, do you want to do this? He was like, sure. Where the hell has Quipple been? Like, he's yeah. one of the best artists ever. Oh, God. Yeah, he's just been doing, like, covers. Like, I haven't seen him do any yeah. theater since, like, uh, I think he did a Mark Millar book a while back. But that was, like, mm-hmm. years ago. Oh, uh, Yeah, I don't. He's just so great, but no, yeah. the artists in this book are fantastic. Yeah, all, the, the arts and the art in every one of these is good, and the art's incredible. Like, and the fact that they got Neil Gaiman and Jonathan Hickman in the same anthology book is just feels illegal. And and the, the one I wanted to focus on the 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 one I my pick from this is the dance lot one, like. Which is I, out of all this, I just love me some fucking dance yeah, lot Spider-Man. Adam is a dance lot stand through and through. <laughs> he he wrote Spider-Man for ten years, but he's still got more in him. You it's, know, I don't know. I just i i love i love his uh, his faithfulness to the character. Like Peter Parker always feels like Peter Parker with dance lot. I don't know what it is about it. He got me with the the line to Aunt May though in the hospital bed. Which line? The Peter ends up in the hospital and uh and and like literally everyone in New York City goes to meet him. This is Dan Slots, right? Yeah, well well, well let's just jump into it. So yeah. Dan Slots, uh it this is uh th- this one is called uh his sinister sixtieth. Uh this is Dan Slot, Jim Chang, and J. David Ramis. So it's Peter's sixtieth birthday. And he's fighting like I don't know the vulture's grandson or whatever, but uh, MJ is just there is at the the restaurant as planned, going like he does this every year. He's late. He's not here. Like he's probably Classic. beating up some. Oh, is it yeah, MJ? Like, yeah, because okay, if it's his sixtieth birthday, that that's it. Aunt, All right, yeah. Aunt May's probably a robot. Yeah. Yeah. F in the chat for, She's a spider slayer. Because that's what happened. <laughs> I mean, like, we can bring back Aunt May so many times, but Peter's 60, I doubt. Yeah, I don't know. My, I like, my brain accepted 60 year old Peter, but it did not accept anything else like, in the world changing. <laughs> Although, I don't think they ever really call uh, MJ by name. So, like, this could be Felicia. Well, because, uh, because, uh, uh, Tiger, right? So uh, I, okay. I feel like that's your Yeah, but, uh, the one cop was like, Oh, we don't put down name for Spider Man, and should we tell that lady because we're pretty sure he's uh, she's his, and then it, he's cut off. But you know, it's but, yeah. but to get to get back to it, he ends up getting shot. But like he beats up the 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 vulture's grandson or whatever, and then just gets like shot by someone trying to stand up. It gets like Omar uh, from the wire, and just like dude, random guy brutal. off screen, how- just. How embarrassing is it that you're getting beat up by your granddad's villain, like a nemesis? Yeah. Like, like, come on, get and your he's shit like together. cracking wise the whole time. Yeah, quit like, the game, bro. You are in my not in my head. He just had the game. voice of Stan Lee too. Oh yeah, because like, I'm yeah, f- yeah, family neighborhood Spider Man. I'm just a sixty year old Spider Man. I thought you were talking yeah. about the guy that shot him. I was like, why would hey. Stan do that? Hey, it's me, Spider Man. I'm, uh, you know, but yeah. So he he ends up in the hospital, and then, uh, yeah, every the entirety of New York City comes to to wish him well. It's it's very cute. But yeah, he he and uh, MJ have have a moment as as RJ described. Well, but like, uh, yeah, uh, and 
is like everyone's kind of like explaining their story of how they saved him and um then she comes up and he and he's like kind of playing coy it's like oh what did i do for you young lady like how did i save you and he's and then she like whispers in his ear and he's like no those are all the ways you saved me and i was like that that's great that's my favorite line in the whole story yeah Uh, yeah, I like how this just becomes a a Santa Claus situation. <laughs> like he's sure. just a Macy's. Like at this point, it's got to just be like, oh god, what next? What? What did I do? Oh, like he meets a puppy that he saved and shit. Like, yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. I like this panel of him butt ass naked in the hospital gown with the mask on. Yeah, because there was like a robbery outside, and he took out the he took out out the window like. It's so ridiculous. It's great. It's it's such a great like. Of course, this is the story Dan Slott would go with. Love it's it. like you've so, got it's like so heartwarming. It's so cute. Yeah, it, he. I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm a Dan Slott Spider Man guy. I don't stand him as hard as Adam does, but I, I'm a fan. <laughs> also, Hickman story. Wanna, Oops, sorry. Yeah, the the council. I was about to say. I just want to mention briefly the Council of Peters. It's issue. so funny. It's the funniest it's so Hickman good. has been in a long time. I was just scrolling through. I didn't get a chance to read this whole thing, but like, I like how the Neil Gaiman story is just him talking to Neil oh, Gaiman. The Gaiman no. story is amazing. <laughs> it's hilarious. Ditko. What? Ditko. They Does go to meet. To they go to meet Ditko, but yeah, it yeah, starts yeah. with Gaiman as a kid. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm like saying right. that's definitely Neil Gaiman. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I just think that's funny. Yeah, they go. They actually go to meet Dicko because it's based off a real story of Gaiman uh, meeting Dicko through a friend. But and then uh, he's talking to like Spider-Man on the couch while his friend is talking to Dicko. That's pretty cool. It, 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 I, I, it's a great story. I like how it ends with it says for Steve Dicko. With thanks for the signed comics and the amazing Spider-Man, and Ditko is is famous for never signing things. Yeah, <laughs> like Ditko finding... got a signature is wild. Yeah, I feel like he's probably one of the few people that is like, yo, bro, probably would have uh, signed on, your copy of Voundhead. The, there are these there are these <laughs> letters that pop up. There are these letters that pop up every now and again, like like letters back from Steve Ditko. With a long explanation as to why he doesn't do autographs, and this is like best wishes, Steve Ditko, <laughs> and signs it. Yeah, yeah. That's what a what a what a smart. It's ass. like what an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of hilarious, though. Yeah, that is like this long-winded explanation as to why he doesn't do autographs and why he shouldn't. But then, like you know, he's got to sign the letter. That's so good. <laughs> All right, it would be. Yeah, that's great. All right, well, that leaves just me and my also Kirby comic. <laughs> Basically. I, we didn't plan this at all, but... this kinda, I love how this just happened. It's kind of funny. This is a mostly, it was a mostly Marvel week anyway. It's true. Yeah, they put out a ton of good stuff this week. This week was strange yeah. because DC did, like, all annuals, but then yeah. Marvel had a ton of stuff. Um, anyway, my book is X-Men 14. It's by Jerry Duggan, C.F. Villa, and Matt Miller. Um, so right. this is a Judgment Day tie-in, kind of. Uh, yeah, kind of, right? Yeah, in that the Celestial that they built in Judgment Day shows up, but... Um, <laughs> That's pretty much it, right? The, so the, the plot of this issue is um, 
as uh, the X-Men are dealing with Judgment Day, um, some idiots uh, who are who see the uh, amazing odds on blowing up Earth on Game World, which is, you know, that <laughs> the, you know, the world, uh, the casino planet that, like, Duggan had set up earlier in his run where people are bidding on blowing up planets and stuff, and they see the odds on Earth, and they're like, oh, man, if we blow up Earth, it's a great payday. So they put a bomb in the sun. Um, Shit. And- <laughs> when they put effective. a bomb in the sun. I, Correct. I think yeah, okay. and and it causes um causes like, massive solar flares. Yeah, massive solar flares and like stuff shooting towards Earth. Anyway, this uh this issue kind of is just the X Men working together to stop that. And this is fucking impressive. It coordination is and team effort. Th- this is yeah. How do you even get a bomb near the sun, let alone in the sun? They're aliens. Science. What are you talking yeah, about? about- it's not that like there's like it's not like it's Disneyland. You don't have to like fucking <laughs> buy an admission to the sun. No, I'm just saying that the sun is so hot. Like even getting close to it, let alone inside of it with a bomb, is impressive. I'm impressed. You don't have to. You just, just shot. Yeah, you just, just shot, shot a torpedo at it. This is not the most far fetched sci fi we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna drop it. No, that's not uh, that so curvy you know, dishwasher. Like- like <laughs> Thor, like rebuilt Yggdrasil in the sun and was just like chilling in there for like a long. All right, time. now I feel you know bad. Well, he's a god though, bro. Yeah, but like this, he's also yeah, he's... an alien. Adam, <laughs> I... point of fact. Anyway, I I take your your concern seriously. And I just... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, aliens managed to to stick a bomb in the sun. Um, but so this book is like just Duggan doing really good um, X Men like coordination and action, which is one of my favorite yeah. parts of the team is how they all work together. Um, and uh, so he essentially has Forge come up with a plan of how Iceman can use his powers because this is now the new like Hellfire Gala team of Iceman and Firestar, and Forge, and Havoc, and Gene, and uh, Scott. Um, So, Forge comes up with this idea of how Iceman can use his powers. Gene Grey uses that to relay the info to Bobby, and he starts making this ice disc, which is essentially like an ice... In space. In space, yeah, above the Earth, which is like an ice airbag for when all the (laughs) shit from the sun is going to hit it. (laughs) <laughs> and um, then Firestar is positioned in Chicago, right underneath the disc. And as soon as the sun hits the ice disc and the disc like takes the impact, she's going to freeze all the ice and stop it from hitting um, Chicago. And it's like such a cool interaction between all the different team members. Um, and I love like there's a line that's just like Bobby's like, "Hey Forge, I need you to put your thinking bandana on." It's like it's always yeah. it's always on. I like how this whole time you have Bobby getting teleported into space. Firestar is like going all over the creation. Uh, Magic and Cyclops are like teleporting in and out, saving yep. people. Gene's coordinating everything. Forge is on the beach eating a sandwich. Yep, he's eating a sandwich, but but he has a stick and he's doing uh he's doing like math calculations with yeah, the it's stick. Just, it's and hilarious. The sand. Dude, I love Forge, man. He's but he's also best. like he's the most pivotal part of that whole. Planet. Yeah, he's great in this issue. Yeah. I, I love. Yeah, it just cracked me. I up. love Duggan. Uh, like I love the way Duggan incorporated him in this. Um, so 
all that happens, uh, and you know they successfully uh, manage to avoid the sun killing Earth, and then um, uh, Iceman. There's this like cool data page that's this Iceman speech to the news because uh, they're like, "Oh, do you have time for a quote?" and He's like, you know what? Normally I'm busy, but I'll, I'll give you a quote. And it's just kind of like Iceman giving the speech about how, um, you know, he is a mutant and a and a gay man, and how norm that's like two points against him uh, to a lot of the people he saved. Because even though he saved a bunch of people, uh, they're still, you know, it's not going to change their mind about being bigoted because lots of the Earth right now don't like mutants for the whole immortal thing. Um, but he just talks about kind of like, you know, being true to yourself and how like he was carrying um the the weight around like a stone in his heart. And um it it was really touching. I really liked the the data page. Uh I, I love Iceman and I'm glad he's on this new team because uh he wasn't around a whole lot. Um Yeah, he'd been kinda like uh sidelined on marauders for a while which like he yeah. had some good stuff in marauders but this is where he shines and yeah he had like he had moments he had like little spots he had that cool scene after kate died where he he froze that whole ship and murdered yeah. yeah but this is like breaking dudes limbs off and shit. yeah but this I, is I, like i like planet. a good quippy sassy bobby yeah it's great uh yeah and, th- well, and, and also like hit you in the heartstrings uh you know Fuck bigots, Bobby is right. also great. Yeah. There's also a small scene with Scott and the Celestial, where the Celestial, because the Celestial is like going around judging people. We talked about it last week, where he judged um, Cap and Emma and Destiny and Mystique, um, and then he he judged Scott, and Scott just berates him. He's like, the only person that gets <laughs> oh. to judge me is my wife, and then maybe the X Men, <laughs> maybe my wife. And maybe my boyfriend, and maybe my wife's boyfriend, but not yeah. you. But not not you, giant metal man. Um, and so the so the the celestial actually passes him. He like he gives him a thumbs right. up, and he's like, "You like keep the- you keep that thumb up, and we won't have a problem. You won't see me again." I was like, "I don't know what's happening, but I love it." Uh. Uh, also, uh, uh, we didn't talk about it last week, but uh, fucking. The Celestial, like, gives Cap a thumbs down because he's, like, failed to actually make America good. Yes. And it's like, yeah. that is Which an is unfair... So, that is not... That is, <laughs> I've, what I've a seen, bad way to be judged. Good I've Lord. seen uh, some... Because he didn't make America great again? Jeez. Yeah. I've or seen, ever, you know? <laughs> I've seen some speculation on that the Celestial, because it's human and, you know, like, man-made, it's judging people off of their self uh uh self esteem and it's also oh. part of like yeah and it was built off tony stark right exactly so yeah. he so of course is going to be self-loathing and self-deprecative towards which makes humans. sense because like emma failed and uh, mystique right. and destiny failed and cap failed like yo right. and that and the the fucking uh <laughs> deviant who's like the leader of the deviants he he would pass yeah crow yeah he yeah. passed yeah, Crow. Yeah, and he's just and Crow's like, yeah, I'm fucking awesome. Yeah, You're yeah. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Which would probably resonate with Tony Stark. Yeah, so yeah. I, I mean, I, f- I feel like there's some validity to that. We'll, we'll see. Probably yeah. more as Gillen does more with Expands. the God. Yeah, yeah. This is like odd. Like reading that, and then the other X issue that came out. You have Craven trying to like <laughs> give himself to the Celestial. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, that's an X Force. Yeah, it was an X Force. He's like, yeah, this is my this is my final journey. He's trying to like get to Krakoa and kill a bunch of mutants, but he like it. There's this weird ceremony in front of the (laughs) celestial. They they dropped X Force, X Men, and Knights of X today, and they were all all great. Yeah, it was it was a big X week for sure. All right. Speaking of X, it's clobbering time. Speaking of uh, the actual successful Kirby and Stan creation, not the one that went to reprints for 30 issues. Um, oh, are you referring to X-Men? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Fantastic Four. It's fantastic. So, shut up. <laughs> and there's there's four of them, all right. This this is the is this the first time we've we've talked about Kirby just like straight up. So, I think I think we've talked about Kirby as an entity and as the Mm. you know like the progenitor of comic books across the board. We talked about about that biography that came out. Yeah, we talked about the uh, the biography that I think it was like Jim Rugg dig. Um, No, Tom Tom Spicoli. Yeah, whatever the hell his name is. Yeah, Spicoli. Yeah, I have it right behind Um, me. Yeah, yeah so. Uh, so we talked about that biography, which does kind of mention his uh, beginnings with Stan and this run. We've talked about his art influences a ton, but we've never actually directly talked about the Marvel method, which is Jack Kirby did all of the work <laughs> and Stan Lee filled in the bubbles. Sure. Um, <laughs> and, and Stan Lee just wrote what was already described in art. So, yes, like, exactly. And we also haven't talked about the Fantastic Four much at all. No, um, not really. much at all. And not uh, the counting when I, I mean, literally it pops just up every now So and <laughs> Fantastic Four are it's it's hard to understate just how much of like a a Hail Mary Fantastic Four were and like oh, yeah. uh just like um the progenitor the progenitors of all of Marvel were kind of a last dish last dish effort by two now industry tyrants like just giant like gigantic um names in comic books just two people that had been in the industry for 20 years and were almost done were just out the door yeah so like well yeah stan Stan, uh started as as kirby's coffee boy he was like (laughs) clearing kirby's like ashes out of his uh, ashtrays and as as all good nepotism does yeah he got a job because his uncle was uh the editor yep. and he was the, yeah he was the but coffee boy he's became, the and he yeah like stan wanted to be a movie star that was always his thing he wanted to be in movies he wanted to write movies he wanted to and his way into that that world was you know gotta start somewhere so he figured comics and the things he always wanted to do he wanted to do the like uh political stuff like he wanted like there were a while where they were doing like collage style comic books that were like political satires and like Mm. political comedies um so that was like what he kind of got started with like quote-unquote writing um i say quote because you know he was just kind of taking excerpts from speeches elsewhere and well he yeah he into comic and then he got hired at uh what would be marvel and you know would eventually at some point when they needed writers write like a captain america backup um but stan uh through the course of like decades ended up sticking with marvel and through world war ii and the comics code authority and on multiple occasions 
be the only one at the company. He was forced to fire the whole bullpen multiple times. And mm-hmm. uh, Jack um, went to DC and then, you know, was, had plenty of art uh, jobs and then got sued uh, because of a pay dispute at DC and eventually his work dried up. So all of a sudden, he had no lifelines except for Stan. And Stan, uh, there was a time where Stan um, was working and, his, and the owner came in. He had just been golfing with the, um, the owner or someone high up at DC. And the guy was telling him about the Justice League and that that was their plan. Uh, they were going to put all their superheroes on a team. And he's like, he goes in the next day and tells Stan to steal that idea. And Stan goes home and he wants to quit. He's been working in comics for 20 years. And his wife is like, just do it one more time and do it how you want to do it. So, so they made the X-Men. <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, Stan and, uh, Stan and Jack create the Fantastic Four. And it, it just kicks off. And that's, it's... It's crazy because it's like these guys were done. They, yeah, that is crazy. I mean, Jack probably would, you know, he was an amazing, talented person, so he, he well, probably would have found with, work. Yeah, but it's crazy you Jack, think like they were Jack done went, and all, Jack all went to DC stuff. later. That was all after the fact. Of well, he that had was... he had some jobs at DC. He, I don't I don't know the exact details, but he got sued. Um, yeah, well, uh, it, was it was partially like sci-fi because of the, stories or something. Yeah, it, it was it was the stuff he was doing with Joe Simon, um, and it was like the fact that they were all split up among a bunch of different like companies that don't exist anymore, and yeah. like uh, ja- uh, Captain America was also a big issue because it was like timely and it yeah. was his, and then he didn't ever got credit for it. So then when Jack started, or Stan started writing it, whole fucking thing, but. Yeah, he didn't really go to DC like full time until after his fallout with Stan and that whole shit. But yeah, it was well, definitely just... like this is the the hail mary of all hail well, marys, and Marvel, it, yeah. it, it was just so unique. Like there were superheroes before this. There were you know Batman and and Superman and Wonder Woman. All the like the DC characters were like precursors before this by like nearly twenty years, like fi- at least fifteen mm-hmm. in most cases, and. So it, it this didn't revolutionize superheroes necessarily, but it revolutionized Marvel. Like it, it was the the Marvel method of, I mean, not the method. You know what I mean? The Mar- Marvel aesthetic of having likable, relatable human characters that also happen to be superheroes. So like uh, we also I, put in, I would imagine this dynamic is the first. They think time they've ever done this by literally having them be a family. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like the familial yeah. uh, probably Shazam. The familial relation. Yeah, probably. Uh, I, well, but, I don't know but, if it's the Marvel family. I don't know if it's literally family. But it'd be uncommon to have this kind of dynamic with the superhero, you know, at the time yeah. at least. Yeah. And there there hadn't been a superhero team yet. Like like you said, like Justice League uh was either right. just being printed or hadn't been printed yet. But this yeah. team in particular was relatable because you could, like, kids could imagine it as, like, their mom and dad. They didn't or, even like, have costumes at first. Yeah, exactly. The first yeah. issue, they don't, they don't have uh, those, those blue And that pajamas. was part of it. Instead of, <laughs> instead of writing a superhero book, they wanted to write a monster book. They wanted to write a book where these heroes just constantly fight monsters, which is perfect because Jack Kirby is the 
fucking mana drawn monster. Yeah, Jack that is his fucking. Jack got monster. stuck writing a lot of monster, like drawing a lot of monster stuff. You say stuck, but I say thrived because <laughs> that's his fucking. Four, <laughs> the Fantastic Four has to be my favorite, like logo emblem of any superhero or superhero team, where it's just. The, the, the four. fucking number four. Like, <laughs> I, I, I also love how in every movie iteration, they're like, all right, it's a four, but like, how can we make it exciting? And it fails every time. It's like, dude, it's just a four. Just, just, just make it a four. Yeah, it's fine. Slap a, a four on there. four on there. And don't do it. what the 90s did and make it a boob window for Sue. Because that doesn't make any fucking sense. She was yeah. grieving. Definitely. That was after her husband no. died. Well, Definitely she's invisible. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, you won't even see her boobs. Jesus <laughs> Christ. False. You definitely see her boobs through the titty window. Well, it's because there's a window. <laughs> yeah, there doesn't need to be. It also doesn't make she's, sense. Like, it would uh, all fall apart because... She's it, better when she's just leather kidding. dominatrix malice. I mean, uh, everyone is. <laughs> well, let's not go down that rabbit hole. So. <laughs> all right. Anyway, Fantastic Four... <clears throat> without Fantastic Four, we wouldn't be... I mean... We wouldn't be, be here. Literally. Wouldn't be we here. wouldn't be talking about the Fantastic Four right now if it wasn't for the Fantastic Four. We wouldn't have talked about have any of the books. It wouldn't be Marvel, man. <laughs> the whole no, just comic messing. books would be different as a whole. Like, yeah, it's it's funny too, because like we just we just got done talking about a week of top-notch Marvel comics. And here we are talking about how like they almost crashed and burned and, and <laughs> what what where are we now? The early sixties? 1963. It, it was 65 these issues that we're talking about. If you yeah. want to know how dire it was, the person who owned Marvel sold the distribution rights to their books to DC, and DC had dictated yeah. that they could only release eight books a month. That and then they made Jack Kirby draw every single all, one. And yeah, yeah. And Jack and Stan <laughs> and, uh, did all you can of tell, them. unfortunately. Yeah. We we, we kind of said that off mic. Like you can tell you can tell when Kirby gave a shit about an issue in this collection because it looks awesome. Well, you, you can could tell just, well like he's definitely he, was getting worked ragged, but like you could like and then this is probably anybody, right? You're gonna have those stories. Some of them are not as good as others, but like you could tell he got up. It was like, yo. In humans, let's fucking do this. Yeah, yeah. there's, like, there's, <laughs> like the the stories. This trade in particular, we're talking about issues. What forty through fifty? It's like forty one through fifty with the annual in this trade. Yeah. So, like so the first couple issues is uh the the fearsome four or the, the fearsome four. four. Yeah, frightful four. And then, and then is it, oh, yeah, frightful. Is it frightful? So whatever. <laughs> I think it is frightful. Uh, I don't give a shit. It's fine. Stan it's, and it his is, alliteration. It's man. Medusa, <laughs> Sandman, the Wizard, and Pacebot Pete. And I love, Pace I love them. No, call, call him Trapster. Call Give there him some is, respect. Trapster. It's Pace Poppy. <laughs> he glues <laughs> Reed to a wheel <laughs> with Dude, a glue gun. Some respect on his name. Paste Pot. I love the Trapster. Yeah. So predictably, uh, that story is a little bit lackluster in, in, in art, but when i mean yeah we next we get the inhumans and then after that we get galactus and silver surfer and that like so the inhumans for sure is definitely a step up but then like jack shines when you can put him in some spooky space shit like it's just like well he starts it with the inhumans for sure yeah yeah but yeah yeah i know what you mean but But like it's funny you could just see the difference it's like you can see his eyes light up at the idea of Mm -hmm. of going deeper and and in fact his his idea for silver surfer was much deeper and much more introspective and like it was it was this like existential crisis like 
talking about like you know like uh having loyalties and having empathy and like all of these different things and stan was like ah kids aren't gonna get that and then like dumbed it down and what we ended up getting oh. is basically mary shelley frankenstein like we got we got like the monster who, who well, like i think uh, I mean, Com- what I we got closer to what Kirby wanted than what not. I read was Jack sure. wanted him to be a barbarian because they were like the because his la- one of his last issues before he leaves is like the savage Silver Surfer. Um, yeah, yeah. And then Stan Lee made the him whole- like a poetry talking like sad boy. Because there's the whole but issue of him talking to Alicia and learning empathy and wanting to save the human race and understanding that there might be guilt and to and anyway, consequences for his actions. Yeah. Oh, oh, and I, I, I totally got that. Not Mary Shelley. The act, the movie. In the movie Frankenstein, he meets the blind man. Oh, Lon Chaney, right? Or oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Or is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're doing that. It yeah. might be Bride. It might be one of the sequels. Shit, I'm gonna get yelled at. No, I'm Zach pretty sure it's Frankenstein. Yeah. Frankenstein, Frankenstein. When he meets the blind guy, yeah, the blind guy, yeah, and he like l- learns it. Like the the blind man is kind to him, and he is kind back because it's the first person who's not treated him like a fucking monster because he mm. can't see him. And in this one, he meets Alicia, and she's blind, and she teaches him well, she how kinda, to care about humans. Yeah, and all, yeah, and pleads like, "Can you it's not like kill one of the us best all? Scenes. That would be dope." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was good. Rules. Um, fucking rules, which is so weird. Like just like because the first few is just like really corny and campy like we were talking about how all the ridiculous ways that the fearsome or frightful four can easily just uh zero out johnny storm's powers yeah literally like medusa whose power who, yeah like literally medusa a wet blanket whose, whose power is to, uh that she has sentient hair that's well, like prehensile she, t- hair prehensile yeah. hair tendrils uh she just like sneaks her hair into the bathroom and gets her hair wet and then <laughs> like wraps Johnny in it and he's like oh no I can't catch fire because I'm slightly damp I, I love Kirby's Medusa <laughs> so funny the way it's he so the way he figured out how to like do action scenes with her hair it's so cool and yeah. like her hair has personality like it has its own like it's fucking rules uh, yeah yeah can we talk Funny about this enough. wedding issue this annual this oh, wedding man. issue was just, I like how this issue was probably like, Stan, like, hey, Jack, I need you to draw every Marvel character in a comic. <laughs> for you know how you've been drawing pages. every single character every single month because we Put only have eight one. books and you're drawing all of them? Can you do all of that but in, like, one issue? Because it's basically Doctor Doom putting out a anger ray in New York <laughs> in the world. So it pisses off all of the villains, so they all try to attack the Fantastic Four. And on the flip side, on Reed every, and Sue's wedding day, no, on, on the wedding day. But on the flip side, all the heroes are also there. So you because see they got invited hero. to the wedding, of course. Exactly. <laughs> so you see Daredevil, Doctor Strange fighting oh, all and of the, the fucking X Men, yeah, fighting like the Mole Man, uh, Puppet Master, some like um, ape guy. I can't remember his name. <laughs> I do like yeah, the ape guy. It's just a dude um, with a bunch of apes. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it was just—is it Mbaku? It just or is it? No, oh, Red uh, Wolf. Yeah. No. Mm. Oh. I don't think those characters. Red were Ghost. Red Ghost. Sorry. Red, Red Wolf is. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then also the Mandarin. 
Um, I like how we were like, there's a guy with apes, and and there were like five guesses before we got there. Of yeah, we got like Black Knight, Mandarin, Thor, Super Scroll, like fuck, and then like Daredevil's in this. Everyone's in this fucking issue. It's Captain America. It's absurd. What is this also, an MCU movie? I really <laughs> yeah, love right? that. Like, so hey. they have to postpone the ceremony because obviously every hero or every villain in the world is after them, and like Reed goes, Mister Murdoch. As our attorney, can you go tell our guests that the wedding is... It's like, that's not what an attorney does! Like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's yeah, what your like, DJ does. Like, Yeah, right. And also, he's like, I'm so distressed, I must go sit down at my client's wedding being postponed. <laughs> so he, like, sneaks away to turn into Daredevil. But it's just... It's- as it's our like attorney. It's so absurd. I like how then, <laughs> yeah. the, then the watcher shows up and he's like, look, Reed, normally I don't do this. But here's a Which, room. Which, like, if we turn out, like, as we see, like, he does it all the time. All <laughs> yeah. the time. He's, He's like, I'm worst. not supposed to interfere, but, like, uh, I can help you save your wedding. I'm with literally this, just like... going to interfere every time. <laughs> yeah, he just gives them, like you said, like, uh, like a, some kind of. How, I, I guess he destroys Doctor Doom's evil vibes, Ray, and just like <laughs> evil vibes. I like how I like <laughs> how gun. I but it's not like a good vibe gun. It's just a uh, like a, a this isn't happening anymore. I like the gun. explanation. He's like, oh, it's, I was right like about this thing, so it's working. It's like okay, it's a, bro. Oh, okay. it's a he time sends, travel gun. He it, sends it just, them all back to like twenty minutes ago. Oh, that's right. Yeah, this <laughs> is <laughs> so, so fucking ridiculous. And then they have the wedding. Yeah, but Jen, Jack, right. and Stan miss it because they they're not allowed to come in. Yeah, That's also, uh, during yeah. this annual, we get the first page of Kirby's um, collage work, which is just some of my favorite shit that he does. It's, it's so weird. It's so, it's so out of place. Weird. It's so like, weird. You can just see his weird shit just peeking through, and Stan's like, <laughs> no, you gotta make it normal for the kids. And he's like, but can I make it weird, please? And he's just like, every once in a while, he's just slipping in a page that's just like, here's here's my acid dream collage and um i I also like i really wanted to talk specifically like with stan or with with kirby's art style and what is specifically innovative about it and it hit me because like you know he he obviously he pioneered the entire genre like there were artists before this but after kirby there were other people trying to be kirby right and there, the two things that I think he really created, like whole cloth, was the ability to show movement in this in sequential art mm. and the ability yep. to show light. Because yes. the way the ways in which lighting drastically shifts the the color palette and like the the <clears throat> movement and light working together in a way that drastically changes the entire scene in a really dynamic way just happens all the fucking time and it's and this is so a, cool this is a period of comics where you couldn't really do much with color no it was like it was, co- yeah, color is very flat four, four colors yeah yeah it's it's that four color separation you have to really pick and choose what you're putting where but he somehow manages to like these even and the outer space scenes like his outer space backgrounds like it's also like Christ. architecture and uh concept oh, design yeah. Oh yeah, his back, for, like, the weird gadgets robots. in the background and how yeah, he blocks out. We were talking about this dishwasher earlier. You'll, you'll just be <laughs> like, there's like issues of uh, New Yod's 
where you'll just flip the page and it'll be like a double page spread of this like machine he drew and it's like just kind of part of the plot yeah. <laughs> just like yeah. you just wanted you know, to build so right. much yeah. time on it uh-huh. yeah yeah, I, my there's favorite, a lot of those in this. Like, there's a like you go to the watcher's house and there's just shit all over the yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, and and like you just said, there's a dishwasher that he builds as a wedding present for Sue. Uh, classic Stan being a total misogynist. But also thinking about, but this, like, like it's just like look at this cool pla- thing I drew. The end. That's the plot. But also like those didn't exist. And uh, in 1965, <laughs> right? Not like this. At no, least. they did. He does Wash- machines, washing man. machines exist in the 50s. My, well, that, that's one they of were the, new. They were they were pretty new, though. My I favorite thing that. about Jack Kirby is like it, he he does these like mind bending scenarios and like this super trippy, super out there artwork. But he's just like some someone's grandpa. Like <laughs> he's not like yeah. this guy, like uh, this like super LSD trippy dude. He's just like this hard boiled nobody fucking World War II vet grandfather smoking cigars. Comics. Yeah, yeah, he loved. Yeah, that guy. But like, it's it's cool to think about what the like in 1961, like what this is before, like before Star Trek and Doctor Who and like giant mm-hmm. staples yeah. of sci-fi. Like, yeah. uh, Darth Vader is just a ripoff on Doctor Doom. I'll fucking say it. Ha! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get one. We get but a little like, bit of Doom so, in this. I mean, we we like Casey mentioned comics had existed for a while by this point but still there's a certain level of this is still the wild wild west in terms of thought like just you know the the characters that they created and the concepts it's like just so interesting to see how marvel expanded outward um starting with the fantastic four because i mean they they eventually bring in Namor and the Human Torch, who were characters that existed before, but still, there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, there wasn't a you know a ton to to bring back Cap to, but yeah, like this had the creating the Marvel universe starts with this, and it's it's crazy, just the yeah, it, it's like you said, this is the this is the beginning of something huge. Can you can you imagine being a child in 1965 and picking up a book that has Galactus on it? Like, can you imagine? Like, I can't even. That must have blown your fucking head. Yeah, how did people's faces not melt right off their fucking bodies? Like, (laughs) well, that's probably why it was such a fucking hit, right? Because nothing looked like. Yeah, there was nothing like that ever. So it's like, holy fuck! I need to get my eyeballs on this shit (laughs) as soon as possible. Well, the. Also, the um, I was reading that it was like during World War Two, ninety percent of children were reading comic books, and then yeah, that yeah, absolutely drops drastically, and then they they kind of ever slow slightly shift for Fantastic Four. They shift their demographic just a little bit, and to a little bit older. Yeah, right? a little bit older. Yeah. Um, and because yeah, they they realized that comics need to grow up with the kids that were reading it because the next generation of of like small children aren't reading it so like let's get those kids back that were reading it yeah like five years but ago. but also you know a lot of kids were reading it because you could read like you could buy something that had like a severed head on it and it was like scandalous 
And the Comics Code Authority just nipped, you know, all of that. But Kirby, yeah. you know, d- Kirby... He still found a made it way to make it really cool. And exactly. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and it's like, I, I don't know... Yeah, he, he tapped into the imagination. It wasn't, it wasn't mm, yeah, like, yeah. gory or scandalous or, like, badass in the way that, like, EC was badass, but it was this, like... I have never been able to imagine something like this. But he still yeah. has like monsters and stuff, right? We yeah, still exactly. get a dragon man. You have the inhumans, right? Like so you still have like that part of your brain getting Well, I think I think that's one bit. Yeah, yeah I mean awesome. that's one also one of the like I don't know, just the the really revolutionary things is just having yeah. these the you the same cast of characters but through all of this like uh, they go back in time to Egypt and then they, you know, they go in outer space and like, it's just right. crazy. Like you can, you can do, they, they figure out, you know, you can do genre cause like wild wet, like, you know, Western comics were really big and horror comics were really big. So you, you can do all of that, but you can also use the same cast of characters and have it kind of be everything. And, and, and outer space comics, like up until now were kind of, lame right like there, there was nothing cosmic like, don't you fucking talk shit on ray bradbury you piece of shit no i mean there's <laughs> there's like there's john carter and flash gordon and you know yeah. stuff and, like that and like the uh, all Adam's the like wrong, and, yeah, yeah it's like you, the, you have you have spaceships that look like they would have a key that you wind up and it shoots sparks out the back like <laughs> that kind of shit they're a little campy but everything well, was yeah the, i mean yeah. i don't i don't I th- I'll, I'll admit I like you know not well versed in like you know not well read in like sci-fi uh, of that time so like I don't know for because sure because it sucked that's not true I mean DC was also <laughs> doing a ton sucks. of sci-fi that's definitely but the not last, a lot of that stuff a lot the of last stuff EC book was a fucking sci-fi but I, story I, but I would venture Look, I'm, coming I'm, just, I'm coming after had... 50s sci-fi hard. Anyway, anyway no, yeah, you are. 60s, you Again, had, you had people Ray, like Asimov. Ray Bradbury, right. you piece of shit. Yes. <laughs> At that time, it was Bradbury, Asimov, yeah. Frank Herbert, but they weren't comic. Like, those were no, well, no, novels and novellas. A and lot of those lot were of being were. taken in, like, the short stories were being adapted into comic strips. Well, Kirby or, did the 2001 like, comic adaption for Marvel. Yeah. That did, Any, anyway, yeah. My my point was that I think the the cosmic stuff, like Adam was saying, the like big scale, like the like space is populated in Marvel. In addition to the the yeah. roads of New Just York, Earth. you have Spider Man yeah, yeah, yeah. and Daredevil. But then in space, you have Galactus and the Watcher and Eternity and all of this shit. Like I think the the levels and with Doctor Strange, you have like the mystic areas, like. The the yeah Kirby really tapped into the rest of the universe. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, the MCU is kind of just, just now getting there too. Like right, like blowing out the scope into space mm-hmm. and, and, and and interdimensionality, yeah. and it, it, that's all Kirby. Man, plus we get some dope ass Lockjaw. Lockjaw looks Lockjaw looks so upset when you first spell. see him. I just want to smush his also, big Crystal, giant face. He is fucking I just jacked. love that Crystal, like, he just appears, and Johnny's like, oh, what, what the fuck? And then Crystal's like, oh yeah, yeah he just does it's that. He's great. He, he's just like, <laughs> yeah. he's just popping up. I, I, I like yeah, that's how there's, a, there's, that's there's, our there's a thought bubble above uh, above Johnny that's like, dude, what the fuck? And then the speech bubble's like, yeah, that's real neat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> 
I like your dog. <laughs> you, you're, 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 uh, kind of you're fucking Subaru-sized <laughs> dog that poops? can teleport. What, what's his poops like? I don't just... They teleport. They don't, oh, you don't this see is them. the '60s, so it's a super, It's a it's a Studebaker. Actually, that dog. Uh, that ah, plastic yeah. bag that uh, Medusa trapped Invisible Woman in that's actually Lockjaw's poop bag. Oh no! Oh, <laughs> Gross. Because Invisible Woman gets trapped inside a fucking plastic bag. I love it. Yeah. yeah like the way they, dude, yeah. A plastic bag. They glue Reed to a fucking <laughs> they just board. Paste pot Pete, man. He's got a glue gun. <laughs> After they like do a brain swap on fucking Ben to get him. I, yeah, that was such a silly arc, but like, I get it. It was, it was so, fun. I love how many 60s supervillains are just a guy who has a gun. Like he just has this one, but the thing. gun one like gadget. The yeah. gun well, like at one point, Medusa uh, kidnaps Johnny to get his help, uh, like protecting her from this other guy, and she's got a vacuum gun. Yes, it's, no, it, and it shoots yeah. vacuum pellets Medusa, that keep him from turning into yeah, fire. He's trying to escape Gorgon, <laughs> which is like, how does that? Right? No, she uses how the, the fuck th- does a vacuum she, gun work? she uses it to threaten Johnny. Be like, you won't. You're, yeah. Well, she uses it. She does use it on your him your too. powers and won't work in a air. vacuum. It's like, yeah, but that gun is like how it's how does how is it in a gun? Does it come out <laughs> in a net? Like, this is a vacuum. Yeah, I also no, it's like, like that there's a, a, they're vacuum pellets. It shoots vacuum. Like, like, how does that work either? It, sh- it, it, it shoots like, vacuum it, cleaners. I think the idea was it got rid of all of the oxygen. Around yeah, yeah. But so then, how does he breathe? He didn't. He passed out. Well, she's a bad out. guy, uh, Adam. She doesn't care if he's right, breathing. Did you guys read the comic? I, well, I I, st- I <laughs> skip over a lot of the. There's so anytime I was reading a sentence that was just telling me what I was already looking at, I skipped it. So well, maybe you should yeah, read more. Also, I love that fucking Sandman is such a weird character because he's he's a Spider-Man villain, but then he he's in the Frightful Four, and then also he's like a defender at some point, and he gets that weird <laughs> armor. He feels like a Marvel Clayface. They don't oh, really yeah. know what kind to do with of. Them. Yeah, yeah. I like that. There's this moment where where uh, Reed breaks his arm. Yeah, and then like he he has his arm in a sling, and also, the next scene it's like, how do you how fine. do you break Reed Richards? Yeah, arm? you know like, what also happens? Even... Reed fucking shaves. How does he shave? <laughs> he shaves in this comic. Whoa, whoa. That's a good point. How does that work? <laughs> You How can't even stretch out hair, the right? skin because he just keeps stretching. <laughs> Whoa. That just blew I my remember, mind, yeah. man. I was like, wait, what the fuck? Hey, it's like man. trying to cut Superman with a knife, but it's just the hair just... Also, it's straight up, he stops to, to get a good, nice shave, and uh, the thing takes a bubble bath, like, in the middle of a fight. Like, they are just in the <laughs> middle. And, like, Sue and Johnny are like, what the fuck, guys? And they're like, we're doing our best thinking while we do a little yeah, we cleanup. Don't know where they're at. Like, yeah. So I was, I was actually going to talk about um, Ben because one of the things, as much as we love Mark Russell, uh, when he did Fantastic Four Life Story, one of the things was he changed Ben from a friend of Reed's to just like some astronaut or like some guy that they like. Dis- he, just, no, just some he, he was guy. like a, a pilot that they hired. I, I think yeah. he was a maybe he went to college with Reed, but they weren't friends. And it's like, yeah, that one, changes it so one of the fundamentally that, that it's not the same. Because like Ben yeah. is obviously Ben obviously got the the short end of the the cosmic ray oh, stick. Absolutely. Right? Um, 
<laughs> and so he constantly throughout uh, Kirby and Stan's run kind of like leaves the team and like comes back and everything. But the reason why he comes back is because this is family. Like, yeah, right, he's not exactly. just some bloke. Right. Like, yeah. and, and that's one of also the, the revolutionary things about Kirby's run is the, the emotion that, I mean, Stan was, you know, also like a romance writer and like, uh, but mm-hmm. th- there's a sort of connectedness um, with them being a family and that would eventually spread out its way to the X-Men and Spider-Man and these characters that of uh, kind of like, these people aren't um, perfect. Like Clark Kent, Superman is a perfect hero who's trying to fit in. Uh, Clark Kent isn't perfect, but Superman is. But these characters, their their normal lives aren't together. Like, yeah, they they fuck shit up all the time in this, and like, yeah, their personal lives they, are all they bicker. Up too. Like, it, it's like yeah. it's like soap opera. I imagine this is like what made like kind of that tv in the beginning very compelling was was drama Yeah, like, like a lot of the yeah a lot of the personal conflict is basically like sue is just like yo reed do you know we're married right can you fucking pay attention right. yeah she yeah to yeah me for like literally once um that would be awesome and, and we'll we'll definitely <laughs> talk we'll definitely bring this back when we talk about claremont because that is another aspect that made um claremont's run so important in x-men but like just the the way that they talk and interact with each other, yeah. Uh, because it it made you made you care more about them. Like, well, you you can relate. Like everyone has problems, absolutely. right? Exactly. Th- that's one of the that's one of the great things about Spider Man, and one of the things Stan kind of always pushed for Spider Man was like he's he's a kid from Queens who's got problems. Exactly. Yeah, I want yeah, to imagine and- that this dynamic between Reed and Sue resonated with a lot of people of this era. <laughs> would imagine the, the mom and dad are mad at each other <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love how like uh ben one of his justifications for leaving the team this time was that uh they're finally getting married so then it's like they don't need me yeah he's such a little sad sack but i don't blame him he's covered in rocks <laughs> yeah but he's got he's, he's alicia is great yeah, until Silver yeah, Surfer rolls yeah. around. And that's like, they've been together as long as Reed and Sue, if not longer well, in the comics. I feel like they're like one of the longest running couples. That's that's also <laughs> what was one of the interesting dynamics when they brought Namor back, because Namor had existed before Marvel and was an old time, you know, he was an invader. Uh, but when they bring him back into Marvel Comics, the first, like, he, his dynamic with Sue is that he's in love with her. And like, you know, yeah. yeah. So like that that's also was an interesting dynamic that uh you know they just like grew that that character out from where he was. Yeah. No, it's fucking also I realized the scene where Reed goes to shave and Thing goes to have a bubble bath is like immediately after Galactus shows up. It's just like, do what? <laughs> because I think yeah, we gotta basically... figure out what to do. <laughs> yeah, I think their idea is like, well, we can't really do anything right now, so I guess let's just go think on it while we have a bubble. In the <laughs> bubble, bath. Bubble bath. <laughs> I love that. So I guess we we could talk about Galactus, um, which is easily the best arc in this book. Oh, yeah, absolutely. it's great. Maybe Hands ever. Down. Honestly, like, I mean, it, it's, 
it's still Talk very about it, scale. It, it's still very old and very like kind of a, a product of its time but it's it's such like even in this in this trade we're reading there's such a shift like once we once we get to that it's like oh this is they've got yeah. this figured out they've got it this dialed is the in. awakening of comics as we know it this like is Marvel right comics. here but once yeah. you get this done with, where it starts you got done with the eugenics babies so you you know you gotta level up just, just smacking the shit it out makes of people. Me, it makes me really uncomfortable that the that I I guess the Terrigen Mist Origin is like still around, but they're just products of eugenics. Um. Yeah, that's probably why the Inhumans have failed every single time Marvel yeah, tried to make them cool. Maybe it's like yeah, because they're kind of just eugenicists, man. Can you not? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, at least uh, half of them are for sure. Well, and also <laughs> Black Bolt's real name is Blackagar Bolt again, so Blackagar Bolt again. That's a great fucking great name. Fucking Blackagar Bolt again. Fucking Stanley, man. That's that's a stand move because uh he admitted at one point that straight up the only reason everybody's names uh, have alliteration is because he had to remember them. Yeah, he just so, like, it's hey, just I mean, the laziest just fucking thing. Whatever ever. works. Me- so so I'll bet fucking I I I have no knowledge of the actual origin but i i almost guarantee you that jack kirby was like ah here's this inhuman i designed his name is black bolt and and stan's like hmm what will his name be hmm yep fucking hack uh steve (laughs) anyway so (laughs) scuba steve do do we want to talk about the inhumans arc first or do we just want to i think we just kind of talked about inhumans in general they fight they I like how they discover the Inhumans as Johnny's just like, oh, that's a pretty girl. Wait, where the yeah. fuck did she go? Yeah. <laughs> just, just, he's being a fuck boy and then just finds yeah. a whole race of. Welcome uh, to Johnny's character. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's fucking great. Yeah, we get the whole cast, the characters, though. It's great. Um, a fucking lockjaw beast the shit out of the thing. It's I great. love, um, I love the Inhumans, uh, crown. The, yeah, it's the cool looking. Fucking, it looks like, like, uh, I don't, I don't know. It looks like a, like a, some kind of hardware tool that's on your head. <laughs> yeah, but it's Black a, will put that on. I'm like, he's, he's gonna fuck some shit up right now. <laughs> also, my favorite part about that arc is they take a full on passenger plane and just land it in the middle <laughs> of the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like how much a, okay, we go through like two or three of these arcs where they're just on a plane trying to get home. Yes. Yeah, but they specifically took a regular plane so they wouldn't draw attention, but just literally land it like a helicopter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> that's not how planes work. <laughs> just thought it was made me laugh. Because <laughs> they're in the middle of the fucking mountains. They're not going to ruin this land this fucking plane. <laughs> But like their normal fantastic car is just a bunch of like pieces of pipe welded together as they oh, fly that's, across no, the that's ceiling. No, that's the uh, that's the hover bike. That's a different the hover thing. Bike, yeah. That's not There's a, a couple different. That thing is so over designed and over engineered. I love it so it's much. It's so good. It's oh, the most curvy cycle. shit. That's the jet cycle. Jet cycle. Yep. That's Fuck it. it. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> but like right from the jump when we get. Silver Surfer, because like it's right in the middle of this fucking wrap up of the Inhumans. Like, you get these cosmic panels, and then all of a sudden the sky on Earth is on fire. Yep, <laughs> yeah, which is an illusion. It's like, it. it's whatever the yeah, Watcher it was the, is doing. It was the Watcher was yeah, trying yeah. to like 
make the hide Earth. Right. Like, yeah, he's trying to hide Earth from from the. And then he's like, "Oh wait, like, fire scares fire. people. Let me change it to fucking rocks." So it's just like <laughs> rocks up in the sky, dude. It kind of looked like the fucking Iceman, uh, kind of yeah. That he built. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like kind of leads it back to the Watcher. I just, like I love that the Watcher the just kind of doesn't understand how humans work. He's like, ah, oh, they are afraid of the fire. Was, okay, dude, let me so, go back. He's so bad at his job. <laughs> he's his, not watching his one at job all. is to watch people and record it. Doesn't understand them at all. He's just fucking with the sky and scaring the shit out of them. And then he's like, oh, this is bad news. I'm not allowed to get involved, but also... Here's here everything you, you need. <laughs> well, to be fair, Johnny had to go through um, the existential crisis zone. That's true. That is a yeah, good point. Um, he did have to go through some shit. Yeah, so, big I, I'm curious. Um, I, I, like, I want to know how uh, different this story was in terms of like comic book uh, stories of a villain that they aren't able to just punch. Like, Galactus yeah. is mm, such a, a threat point. that I, I love the way that the the um the trilogy is structured because they have to they, they can't just win normally. Although the thing does no. punch Galactus, which is very satisfying. <laughs> and it does almost nothing. Well right? it yeah, it, knocks him down. Well, then he also punches he also punches his like machinery and it's right. like, oh, that kind of helps for three that seconds. That's hilarious. He's like <laughs> Galactus is like, why is he doing that? I could just make more in seconds. And he's like, yeah, fucking keep doing it. Come at me. I don't give a shit. I will keep destroying love, your little weird. Machine. I love in this arc too. We we get introduced to Galactus. We kind of see his scale, and then literally two pages later in this omnibus, but like obviously it'd be much later in the next issue. He's a completely different color. Yes, I love it. <laughs> fucking love. Well, it. I was surprised at how not big he was. Like, yeah, I think Galactus, kind of, I think his head showing up on scale. the horizon like a sunrise. He changes right? scale like, um, in yeah. the book, yeah, He too. can get bigger and smaller, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. But also, yeah, he can just canonically, like, just change his size to be whatever he wants. Cause... But yeah, it, I do like how we see him and he's all red and green and you look at him, you're like, that doesn't look right. Kirby, Kirby got it the, the second time. The color sure. palette yeah. is kind of gross in the beginning and then... It, um, yeah, and then you turn yeah. the page and you see the cover of the next one. You're like, "That's better." That's ah, oh, there yeah. he is. Uh, there he everyone, is. there's our big purple daddy. <laughs> I, I always remember. I have these <laughs> memories of like people coming into the shop who are, like relatively new to comics, and they're like, "Why are all the bad guys like green and purple?" And I'm like, "Well, I mean, like one, you know, colors in there's the '60s. O- there's only like six and colors. Two, all the <laughs> yeah. bad, all the good guys are red and blue. So, what do you do to?" You yeah. know what's the opposite, yeah, what, right? Also, also, yeah. g- like green and purple just go well together, right? Also, yeah. Uh, have you seen Mysterio? Uh, it makes sick ass costumes, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, uh, like like also, uh, the like, Hulk always wore purple pants because who the hell ever wore purple <laughs> pants? But then Doctor Connors good to the purple pants. It's like if you if I ever see a guy wearing purple pants, I'm like, are you going to turn into a green <laughs> monster? You're going to be green soon, bro. Um, and and psychologically, red. Uh, for some reason, uh, is is aligned with power. It's like a power color. Like when you see somebody in a, in red, they're like a powerful, like like also subconsciously anger in a lot of people as well. Well, yes, but it's it te- te- technically signifies like power, and also it makes you hungry, and that's why all fast food yeah, yeah. restaurants I knew have the hunger red thing. in their logo. Mm. Um, 
but and blue is calming so power and blue like blue and red together makes a like a calming effect of like oh i can trust this powerful with with great power comes great color palette yeah Uh, also uh, you could also Mm -hmm. shake it down to primary colors versus secondary colors Mm. yeah you have your reds and your blues and your yellows and then you have your greens and purples and and oranges and shit like that yep yeah with the exception of the thing Right, I mean, just but, uh, looking through these issues, man, mm-hmm. there is some incredible. This like page where Johnny's flying through all these planets and this giant machinery and shit from Galactus's planet. Like some of these pages are so good. So I, cool. I, it's yeah, it's it's definitely Kirby just like getting just to Kirby. finally do what he wants to do, and the Cur- and, and, Kirby, it, and it's sold, and then he's like, "Yes, I can just do this forever." And Kirby loved <laughs> Silver Surfer. Uh. Oh yeah, the, that was his baby. It was that actually was like, the character that like made him leave because they he's like I'm never going to give them another silver surfer. Like that yeah. was like the Well, cuz they wouldn't let him. He wanted to he wanted to the reason he left is that he wanted to destroy Asgard. Like so the entire pantheon mm-hmm. of Norse heroes that he'd created in in like Thor and Odin all that shit. He wanted to kill them all. He wanted to do Ragnarok for real and then bring up the new gods. That was his like second you know that was literally supposed to be a marvel iteration and they said no thor sells too well go fuck yourself so he left and took new gods to dc well, also uh stan um was like hey we're gonna do a uh series on silver surfer which is you know like jack created surfer and is like one of his favorite characters and they're like making the series and it's like Oh, uh, and uh, we're we're giving it to um, Bishima. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> all right, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess <laughs> reading me, about right? reading about Jack in the final years before he left of like wait, like eventually deciding to like get a contract and like the contract being awful and like sitting around and waiting for like to uh, be compensated like everyone else around him was compensated for his work it's it's i mean it's heartbreaking and it's so yeah. fucking frustrating it's, it's fucked it, up it's man. really really fucked up uh especially considering you think when you really it's almost unquantifiable the amount of money that has been made off of his well now brain. that you yeah. when you actually include the movies into that too that's what i'm saying is, you cannot the, count and the cultural impact like the cultural impact in comic books alone was unquantifiable and now it's it's, it's priceless but monetarily it's and even to this day with the respect of every comic creative uh and the respect of pretty much every fan who knows about him still underappreciated because should be he's the fucking one of them across one of the most important people in in cultural history i mean just yeah, like I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna say about... like one of the most important artists ever to Art live. Stuff. Like, in, yeah. as, as <laughs> yeah. Post, yeah, end of sentence. Like, we, I, I feel we, like that's we talk a lot about how when people care about stuff, it really you know plays into you could their tell. art, and you can just tell mm-hmm. how much he loved, uh, just just comic book in general, just the medium. Absolutely, he 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 was. A once in a lifetime talent that chose to work with this medium because of his love for it, and just, I mean, it's incredible. 
And he could have easily been a fine artist. Like, have you seen his fucking paintings? Right. And like later, later in his life, he was just doing like, like paintings on, on canvas and they're just unreal. And also he probably could have made more money going to advertising. I know his wife said that, uh, for sure said that he had like lots of opportunities for advertising because a lot of those guys like Gene Colan went to advertising after, I mean, like I said, Stan fired the Marvel bull, the whole Marvel bullpen twice. At least twice. <laughs> um, so, like, a lot of those guys went to advertising and other places, and, you know, he could have done that, but that's what he wanted to do. And, it, yeah, it just makes me sad thinking about it, because... Yeah, we're all better for it. should have been compensated a million times over. Honestly, his family should still be compensated right. far more than they ever will be. Yep. Like... Nobody in the Kirby lineage for the rest of time should ever like, have to Joe, a job. Joe Simon, <laughs> like, ever. Joe Simon, who helped create Captain America with Kirby, got paid, like, there was a legal dispute or whatever, and he got paid, like, $7,000, which isn't a lot, but it was, it was a, like, you know, an amount. And, like, Kirby time. was like, yeah. do, I, do I get one? Like, <laughs> yeah, like I, don't, I, I'm, I don't know if he was, like, just not compensated Remember- at all or... Still, it was very little. Uh, yeah, dude. That, especially the cultural impact of that—that that we pretend now that we were always the good guys in World War II. When mm. nineteen forty-one, Jack Kirby draws Captain America punching Hitler on the cover, and it is controversial because we are not in World War II yet. Like we are, yeah. we are still yeah, on that's the fence a big about deal. whether we should. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so he's just like. Fuck that dude. I'm going to draw my new hero. That is America killing him, essentially. And like Mm -hmm. the fact that like he had Nazis coming to his office threatening to fight him and shit. And like the entire like American zeitgeist of this like big badass America is going to come in and save the day in World War II. Like that image is partially responsible for changing the narrative you know what i mean like that changed the tide uh, culturally around it you know and yeah that like who the fuck knows what would have happened if, if jack kirby was just working advertising and not doing that shit yeah and, like, and i keep coming back to the fact that he was just this guy with with a a one dollar haircut and a green sweater and a, a fucking cigar like he's he's well, not that he exciting in, he, of a dude but like <laughs> look look he, at the he was in the service and, went to world war ii and he just kept that haircut for the rest of his life <laughs> like he, he he created an entire universe that we were still tapping into like you know 400 fucking years later write, they're, they're still finding ways to write interesting stories about characters he created 60 years ago. Yeah. I, I think I've said it before. There's nothing like serialized comics like Marvel and DC. It is a yeah. something that there won't be in like a third thing this scale. Like they're just and they're so culturally important now. It is incredible. Yeah, now that they're being adapted into other mediums, I feel like it's just like it's becoming even a bigger thing. The, and and honestly, I feel like there's this return to the well of people being burnt out on the fucking movies and being like, yo, comics are awesome. Why yeah, are... Yeah, it's, right. it's, it's funny right. because, like, it, it, that is a really good point because, like, we talk about 
Kirby and and getting burnt out and getting like squeezed for all he was worth, and then you find out how the visual effects people are being treated mm-hmm. in Marvel movies, and it's just yeah, that's just it's the Marvel like method, I guess. Fucking nothing, that's, and that's just the Marvel treat method. Just right the there. creatives like shit. Yeah, you grind the most talented people you have into money, like some sort of sorcerer's stone. Yeah. <laughs> Literally grind them into paste until they can't. <laughs> until you shoot them out anymore. of paste pot Pete's gun. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Fucking nailed it. But anyway, yeah, no, this was really fun to read. That and the full circle back to back was just mm. this like weird cosmic, like, yeah, nostalgia bomb. It it's was so funny awesome. how this week shook out. Like I, I yeah. can't, I, I can't stop. I just don't think it's crazy. It's also it's, like uh, I forget exactly which day, but it was just Jack Kirby's 105th birthday. Yeah, like, it was like a couple of days ago as we're recording this. So yeah, let me let me look it up. Like they have the exact. Cheers to the king, you still, man! You still they, see some of the parallels from like this Fantastic Four. Like you see some of that shit pop up in like X Men still. Like it's like oh, this they're still very heavily influenced by the goat like the oh, og yeah. Yeah. you know uh, so, like, yeah, there's a lot was, of people in between but it was august 28th uh happy belated to the fucking king uh he would have yeah, been 105 man. i mean you know <laughs> i speak for myself but i'm sure thousands of others when i say i wouldn't be the person i am without these these comics these people oh absolutely 100 yeah, percent. i think everyone listening sure. can say that to some degree you know yeah. I mean, we certainly wouldn't be we wouldn't care about it enough to do this every week yeah. if if it wasn't. No, fuck no. <laughs> like, there like this wouldn't is be enough of them to talk about. <laughs> this is the tiny domino in that meme of like Jack Kirby's body of work and then like four idiots in Pennsylvania recording their own voices. <laughs> right, on yeah, tiny, the show. tiny domino is Jack Kirby gets home from World War II and then that's fucking <laughs> that's, Everything else is fucking history. Yeah. And I, I think about that shit all the time, specifically. that um, That's some crazy shit. There was an, there was an instance, because Jack Kirby was a scout in World War II. So he yeah, was on the fucking... Out. He, wow. Yeah, well, he was he was on the fucking front lines doing the most dangerous job so he could draw maps. And mm. so he was he found a fucking concentration camp and had to go back and be like, hey, guys, there's there's just, uh, the, you know, the chosen people are locked up. Can we go help them? Uh, my peeps are over there. Yeah, my, my guys. Um, and <laughs> my tribe. There was, yeah, there was one instance in which he rolled up onto, like, it was like a bombed out city, I want to say in France, and he, he rolled into this village, and he thought it was just completely empty, so he was just walking around. He walked into this room, and there were four German soldiers playing cards. And he just, like, blacked out, and when he came to, they were all dead. So, like, he managed okay. to Jesus. kill them all, yeah, like he just like oh, man. managed to go into survivor mode and murder those fucking soldiers so that he could survive. And like, what would the world be if he had just been a little bit slower? <laughs> yeah, on the tapes seriously. And, like, he right. actually turned into wild. a giant green monster mm-hmm. for a moment. <laughs> like, th- there's there's a German legend about the the giant green monster of World mm-hmm. War Two. <laughs> But yeah, we're so much better as a society because he managed to survive that encounter. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah it's, cr- it's fucking crazy. <laughs> Jack and Stan created an institution, a mythology, and most importantly, a home. And that is why it starts with a family. 
Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Did you just man. make that up? Did you? I mean, just, I made it. Yeah. I made you just it. write that? No, I didn't write it. I. That's it was just. That's beautiful. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> let's let's stop recording now because that was it. That's Dude, we're getting we're getting some good RJ content this week. <laughs> Holy fuck! It was like a poem. <laughs> I am moved. I'm not even. I'm not even being facetious right now. That was incredible. <laughs> I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I think that's a gr- that's a great way to wrap up talking about the first family of comics. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, speaking of chosen families, uh, consider joining our Discord and become part of our uh, our whole community. We're we're trying to build over there. We need more of y'all in our community. So uh, I'll give you I'll give you a uh, link to that in the episode description, guys. This is this is such a good. Uh, uh, such a good talk. I, I love that we finally I love got you to, guys. <laughs> I, I love that we finally got to talk about Kirby and we finally got to 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 dive into just like the best thing about comics. Like, yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to get some more Kirby on the slate for sure. Hell yeah! So don't worry about that. But yeah. So uh, again, join our Discord, join our community. Uh, come chat with us. Come hang out. Um, also, just 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 subscribe. Subscribe to the show. You'll get it uh, every Wednesday when it comes out. Or, you know, when it doesn't, you'll know why, because we'll tell you on the fucking Discord. Um, I'll give you links to all that stuff in the episode description. Also, join our Patreon. We got a bunch of exclusive Patreon content out there in the the dueling genre land. Um, Yeah, uh, for myself, for all these guys, uh, you know, Excelsior and whatnot. This is uh, is Tales from the Short Box. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody.